I should have stopped you. You're my best friend, but I just let you go. Because that was easier than admitting I was wrong. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, of which there's only like 10 left after this episode. Stop it. We have 10 weeks of this podcast before it is gone forever. We're deleting it off of iTunes on the final day. If you're not 24 hours to listen. If you're not caught up by like February when it will end, you need to have them all downloaded because the podcast will cease to exist. We're just going to run off. We're going to disappear into the night. That's right. Uh, People are going to be wondering what happened to Jeremy and Chris and people will also respond. Who's Jeremy and Chris? Just the way that they Mm -hmm. do right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Jeremy. How are you? 
I'm good. We're uh I feel like this is the first uh real forward momentum kind of awesome episode of season 15. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some big moves in this episode and um a lot of them are emotional. A lot of them are emotional. A lot of them are plot moves mm-hmm. and I'm happy all around. But I'm also sad. I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah, this 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 one brings the emotions out a lot. Uh and and some really like like real ways and I'm I'm pretty impressed by it. Uh before we get to the main part of the episode, we're going to thank all of our patrons over patreon.com/sponsortheweek. We've had a flood of new patrons lately and I just want to say hi, thank you, yeah. welcome. If you have any questions about how the Patreon works or if you were trying to get into the Discord or anything like that, uh please let me know. Um you can either add us on Twitter or send us a message on Patreon. There was a couple of people that had sent us messages on Patreon and I did not see them for some reason. It didn't, my notifications didn't go off. So I took two weeks to respond and I feel real bad about that. So if you're still out there because <laughs> you haven't responded to me yet, uh, please let me know if you're having trouble. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for joining the Patreon. And Chris, catch us up on season 15, please. All right. Let's see what we have here. Let me put my glasses on. Uh, is, last is, time on Supernatural, both Michael and Adam have escaped from the cage, but are being surprisingly chill about everything. We also learned that Rowena is the new queen of hell. We saw Lilith get vaporized and found out that there is a spell that can bind God, but it requires the nectar of Leviathan Blossom that can only be found in purgatory. Meanwhile, Sam and Eileen are deceived and led into a trap by Chuck. Somehow, 15 seasons in, I'm getting worse at these. I think you're doing fine, Chris. It's okay. Not everything. happened? I I haven't read a book in six months and it's showing. Really? You haven't you haven't cracked any tomes lately, dude? Come on, what are you doing? I haven't cracked too many tomes. Like, like a light tome here or there, but hardly anything worthy of uh, of of tomeship. I uh, I read a book called The Hollow Places, which is a pretty short, three hundred page horror novel about some some scary trees and some alternate universes. Shit was dope. Go check that out. Love a good scary tree. The main character loves fan fiction and talks about it, which was weird. First time I ever read very that. interesting. Yeah, first time I ever read that in a book. Um, Anyway, we are covering season 15, episode 9, The Trap, written by Robert Behrens, directed by Robert Singer. This came out on January 16th, 2020. As God is my witness, Sam and Eileen are faced with the brutal truth. Meanwhile, Dean and Kaz work together in the hopes of getting a step ahead of Chuck. Um, as God is my witness. I still have a lot of problem with that, Chris. I don't know that that's they, insane. That's not a real thing. They, sw- they somehow swapped it around on us, and I'm not really sure. With God as my witness. And I was uh, I was looking up, as I usually do, like I opened the page to get the like preview line for the next episode that we'll read at the end of this episode. And it says, it's you don't know what you have until it's gone. Um, <laughs> which, I don't Shut know why up. you would just say you don't know what you got till it's gone, which is the song, right? Yeah. yeah. Instead, you would spell it all out. I feel like I'm in the Simpsons episode where, I, <laughs> are you up and at them? No, I, I am up yeah. and at them. It's very it's weird. Very, very odd. Very odd. Uh, but yeah, as we mentioned, this episode is really good. I um, I think that everything in this episode works for me. There's a cool mm-hmm. pocket watch. There's time travel. There's weird future scenarios. Dean get cries. I'm I'm into it. I'm I'm here there's for a little, this. A little light perg. A little light perg side. action. Um. So yeah, do you, are you ready to get into it? I don't know what we do. I am, I, am, I am quite ready okay. to begin. So, all right, we start off with uh, Sam and Eileen are waking up in the casino where we previously saw Chuck hanging out and murdering everybody. Um, and they are both bound to uh, a chair, the usual, you know, Sam's woken up like this more times than he can count. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Eileen is, is apologizing. You know, he's obviously like, yo, this isn't your fault. 
you didn't know. I mean, you literally got tricked by God. That's not on you. Yeah, yeah. This is this is not. You have nothing to do with this. Uh, and but sh- as it kind of unfolds, we learn actually Chuck has been manipulating this whole Eileen situation from the beginning. Yes. Um, setting it up, kind of planting the spell for Sam to find, um, and saying like you know he was using Eileen as a spy. He wanted eyes and ears. He makes kind of a shitty joke about that. Um, to I Eileen. think it's it's appropriate for Chuck's character to do something shitty like that. But I also feel like it just kind of wasn't necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I feel I, like the show didn't need to put that in. It just sort of feels like it's kind of shitty coming from the writer. So I'm not, uh, that, that's just me. Yeah, I, I totally agree with this 100%. I'm, um, not out of character, but unnecessary. Yeah, like you already killed her with an with a like an animal that doesn't make sound to begin with. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you've already yeah, done yeah, this yeah, yeah. joke and, are, and it already like... I just and again I don't really like when I watched it I was like eh, this seems a little unnecessary like I wasn't gonna get mm-hmm. all up in arms about it or anything but it just like really you can't think of anything more creative than that like come on <laughs> just being a douchebag just being um, a douchebag over here my name is God um, yeah do 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 but he needed Eileen as a spy said so he hates missing his favorite TV show uh, Chuck confirms that they're connected uh, to e- each other with the wound and that he's stuck here, which we kind of already knew. And then he holds up a scalpel and says, all good things must come to an end. So he's going to try to cut whatever is holding this wound in Sam out of Sam's body with a scalpel. Uh, I just want to mention before we get too far in this episode that God making his home base into a cas- a cas- from a casino in Nevada or Nebraska or whatever is the corniest shit ever. <laughs> I think this mm-hmm. is super dumb. I don't know why we have this set. I hate it so much. I think it's really gaudy and ugly. Yeah. I just, a million other places you could have hung out and this is what you chose. It's yeah, it is. It is jarring a few times. And I, and I, part of me was like, Oh, I bet they wanted to make it jarring on purpose, but it's not working. It's one of the few failures I think of the episode um, is there's so much weight behind everything that's happening. And you see Dean and Castiel stuff going on in the, in purgatory with that purgatory filter over it. And it feels muted. It feels heavy and serious. And then you cut over to Sam and Eileen, and there's a pink elephant circling around some, you know, gaudy slot machine somewhere, you know. Um, and I get it. That's Chuck's style. But it also did sort of diminish some of the weight. I mean, you could very easily look past it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it's not my favorite set, for sure. It's just ugly. Um, we're going to go back to the bunker where Dean is trying to call Sam and Eileen where Castiel is loading bullets and they spend a lot of time like showing Castiel doing this. I didn't understand why. Uh, and we're going to find it's, out because he's fucking cool because it's cool. And also like he, as we have established, he's now Dean's errand boy. <laughs> like whatever Dean yeah. needs done, Castiel, yeah. Castiel, the intern is there to do it. I feel like they got to make ammo for like any situation. Cause the, cause purgatory has all of it. Yeah. They like to pretend. I think the purgatory is just vampires and Leviathans, but it's everything. It's everything. We've just have never seen a werewolf. That does not mean that werewolves are not in there. Um, they uh of course they can't get oh, you know, all dogs go to heaven that's what that is oh is it so are werewolves yeah. dogs i think so anyway move on it's a dumb joke you, you don't want to you don't wanna, you don't really explore that um so no uh... we switch back to chuck uh who is going to cut out whatever is uh festering inside of sam eileen manages to pull out her phone and call dean uh and then chuck is about to start the cut when he realizes what eileen did and he says the words come on eileen and I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, at the time it didn't bother me. Now that I have read it in my notes again, right. now it really bothers me for some reason. I wrote I don't it in know my why. notes and then I erased it. I just had a feeling. I just had a feeling <laughs> it was a touchy subject. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's just it's just Chuck. Like they're mm-hmm. they're writing Chuck, and he's playing it so well that like most of the things he does, I think he's a gigantic asshole for. So that's yeah. Chuck just seems like the kind of guy who like I don't know. He like he reads barstool sports. Just that's he yep. just sucks. He mm-hmm. just sucks. He's still quoting um like Ace Ventura lines at people. Like he does yeah. that that butthole talk thing from Ace Ventura all the time. Like he's mm-hmm. that guy. Like he's still doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and this is why we gotta get rid of him. <laughs> we have to kill God, the butthole ventriloquist. Forget, forget the cosmic apocalyptic, you know, nope. uh brother killing plans. All no, it's it's just it's just his overall attitude. We can't stand. Uh Dean who is can hear some of this happening. Uh, and I think Chuck gets actually gets on the phone and then just like tosses it to the side. Uh, Dean quickly tracks Sam's phone to the casino and then wants to jet over there. And Cass is like, no dude, like stop being so fucking stupid. Like he, if you he literally calls him stupid, I know it's great. <laughs> fucking iron rod Castiel all, all in the joint. Um, and he says, you know, the, the only way to save Sam and Eileen is to stop Chuck. And the only way to do that is to complete the spell and build this cage. Um, so, yeah, we go back over to Chuck. There's a lot of back and forth in this episode, so it's going to be kind of a, a whiplash effect to try to get um, to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but Chuck is about to start cutting on Sam, and Sam realizes he's stalling. Uh, even though he's like completely dusted people in the past, he's very rarely gotten his hands dirty while doing it. Like mm. he's never actually um, actually cut somebody up. Uh, and Sam starts laughing at this. And in one of the best lines of the show, uh, Sam says, I don't even know what to call that. And Eileen chimes up and says, I do. I'd call it pathetic. <laughs> Just dog it on this man. I love Absolutely it, dude. dog it on I love him. it he so much. He deserves it. He deserves it. He's a freak. He's a freak. He's a freak. I thought, well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought she was going to call him a pervert. <laughs> Because she's like, really? oh, you just like to watch, huh? You dirty little pervert. <laughs> you, but you she sick little Because she's freak. more dignified than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Eileen actually has taste. Um, Chuck then uh, decides, oh, hey, I've got an idea. I do like to watch. And he takes control over Eileen. Um, I, I know I started this episode and said I really, really, really liked it. Uh, every time I'm talking about stuff that Chuck does, I'm, I'm finding more problems with like his little hand motions to make Eileen do stuff is really goofy and dumb to me. I don't, I don't know. It didn't seem scary at all. Yeah, I don't know because you know at the time you're watching it, you're just you're kind of feeling it. For me, at least, I'm always like half the time I have to look down at my phone to take notes. So little stuff like that, I'm like, forget it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. But then when you have to then circle back to just talk about it, it's like, oh damn it, all this stupid shit's spoken out at me. It's uh it's it's really weird how how supernatural is like that sometimes. Uh So he starts she, they, she starts cutting on Sam. Uh and then we go back to Dean and Castiel who are uh in purgatory. They jump through the yeah. portal. Uh, no sweat. They don't know what they're looking for. They have 11 hours on the clock. Dean wants to split up, cover more ground. Castiel is like, you fucking dumbass. Dude, no, absolutely two two. not. Two for two, Castiel. What are you doing? Man out. I can't believe you. You're such an idiot. Just follow me. Uh and thankfully Dean does. And thankfully Dean just like, okay, 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 yes, sir. And he's like, way. I bet my ex-boyfriend's king of this place now, huh? Castiel, what do you think of that? <laughs> he does mention Benny a lot in a way that is very passive aggressive, like yeah. you know I used to date the girl here that worked here, huh? <laughs> like that kind of shitty Did you know that? Did, Did you, you know, know that? that? She yeah, she used to uh, give me a discount on, on everything in this place. <laughs> 
<laughs> like she worked at the Outback. She's, I used to get super cheap steak here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's like, yeah, like, give me free beer sometimes and stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't um, know. Sometimes, sometimes they had unreleased IPAs. You know what I'm saying? They would get a little. I would get a little earlier than everybody. else I usually would. like. I like they'd call me in like before they open and like like then we taste the IPAs. And yeah, stuff. at nine a.m. Like, dude, we literally have twelve hours. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Castiel's like Outback opens at ten a.m. Dean, how early are you drinking? <laughs> how early are you drinking, Dean? Are you having a breakfast beer? <laughs> You having a breakfast beer at Outback? You Outback fucking, Steakhouse you with your crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Is this what you do when I am gone? Sam did not text me any of these details. <laughs> Shut up about Betty. Let's go. <laughs> fucking breakfast um, beer at Outback. I can't imagine any more anything more pathetic in my entire life than showing up at Outback at 10 a.m. and being like, give me a, like a one of those like tall steins worth of Miller yeah. Lite. <laughs> Dean Dean dated a girl at, at Outback Steakhouse for three months just for the IPA situation. <laughs> they went through a big, it was a winter festival thing. They had a bunch of IPAs coming in, lots of different stuff. And he was, you know, he got in good with the staff. Mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, next thing he knows, he's having a breakfast beer at, at Outback Steakhouse three times a week. And unfortunately, the relationship ended badly. He gaslit her. And uh, you can hear all about that. And all you can eat, Taylor's verse. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, okay, back over to Sam and Eileen. Um, Sam's trying to reassure Eileen as she's being forced to, like, you know, cut him up. Um, and then Sam starts trying to call out Chuck, saying, like, you know, you'll you'll carve me up, what, until I bleed out? Like, I know you don't want to kill me. I know this isn't how things are supposed to play out, but you don't know what else to do, because you're screwed. Um, Sam's still very hopeful here. He's got a lot of fire. He's got a lot of attitude. Yeah, um, we should note that Chuck is also playing guitar during this. Just another Chuck move. Um, eventually, uh, Chuck gets up and like heals Sam and sends Eileen away. Uh, we're gonna find out later. He just put her in a broom closet, um, and he kind of goes on this rant of like, "I can't believe you're so like this. I can't believe that you're still defiant." And then he it clicks for him. He goes, "Oh, I get this. This is hope." You still think that you're the hero and that you can win. You still think that Dean and Castiel are gonna come through the door. Uh, you still think that you can win this. And um, so apparently Sam holding onto the hope is what is causing this wound to, to be there, to fester, to not let go it's, of God. It's a very interesting concept. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And just suddenly using hope as this like powerful force that's, that's doing something. And, and of course it is a powerful force, but not in any sort of like magical way. It's just a very real thing that keeps people going. Um and it is kind of interesting is like this is his last defense against literally God. It's just his hope that they can win. Um, and it, it is not pleasant to have to watch that stripped away from this man throughout no, the episode. It's not good. Uh, we switch over to Purgatory where Dean is making a comment like, hey, we've seen this same corpse before. I think we're going in circles. And Cassio's like, my sense of direction is excellent. That is the same corpse. I dare you to say Benny's name one more time, you gross I motherfucker. You. I, I dare you. Does he work at Outback Steakhouse say, too? Say what, one did word. Did Benny get a Benny. job like working at like a Boudin place or whatever? A, a what place? What was that? <laughs> oh, is that how you, was that how you pronounce it? <laughs> uh, it was just some bar in Louisiana. Uh, and Boudin. <laughs> what is that food called? Did Boudin. I say it wrong? You said it way wrong. Yeah, Boudin. How does it? How is it pronounced? I'm saying it. Boudin. Oh, I literally can never hear you. <laughs> Boudin. I talk over you too much to be able to hear but Boudin, is that what you said? Yeah. You you can you don't See, have to put the space in between it. So Boudin. Boudin. I See, I don't know. I can't I can't say cuz I don't even know what it is. I hear y'all throwing these terms around mm-hmm. in the Discord. I'm like I've never ever heard of that in my it's life. It's just uh sausage. Y'all, y'all ever hear of a uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich? It's just <laughs> I I know about those. Spicy sausage and rice in a like a 
I mean, it's in the form of a sausage, essentially. So just like a picture, like I, just a bunch of... Why did I call it a boudin? Am I thinking of like a different word? Are you thinking of poutine from Canada with like fries and, and like cheese I mean, I know stuff? what poutine is. It's possible I was mixing it up with that. I mean, I, I have no problem being completely wrong. Because I, <laughs> I, like I have had a boudin poutine before, just to confuse you mm. even further, like where they just like take cheese, or excuse me, french fries, cheese... Put some boudin on it and call it a fucking day like that. And that shit's maybe delicious. that's um yeah. maybe that's what I'm getting mixed up. Anyway, didn't didn't uh what's his name Benny work at a place like that? Yes, yeah, <laughs> Benny worked at some local bar here in Louisiana. Um, uh, but as as cast or sorry, as Dean is is rolling up on this and looking at this corpse, a Leviathan runs up behind him, and Castiel who has discovered his powers again, like. Every se- I don't know. Th- throughout season 15, we keep seeing him like not be able to do stuff. But here, he just fucking like TKs this Leviathan across the fucking acreage. <laughs> like, it's. Yeah, that guy's gone. Guy's just gone. Um, and this was a double boyfriend bluff. This was yep. this was a fake out. Yep. Like they saw the Leviathan. Fake out. They weren't even really arguing. No, they they were just. I think there was still some bitterness about the Betty comments. Yeah, but... yeah. If you bring up Outback one more time in the context of this boyfriend bluff, I'm gonna be mad at you. Um, this this ruse that we're putting on was not an excuse to keep talking about Betty. <laughs> we're not done with this Betty conversation, Dean. We're just gonna go talk to this Leviathan right now. Uh, they don't name the Leviathan, so I just called him Lev throughout my notes because he's around. Good for, for no, good for you. Good uh, for you. But they, they, they did this to get uh, more information. So the Lev tells them, like, hey, yo, uh, the Leviathan Blossom only grows when where Leviathans are buried. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. We'll just kill you. And he's like, no, no, no it takes months. Uh, you And it's going to take a while. So, But we have a field where we put all of our dead bodies. So I will take you over there. And Dean's like, hey, do you know, is there an outback around here? Is there, is there, do you guys have, do you have like, like outback is in Australia? And he goes, no, outback steakhouse. <laughs> steakhouse. Like, is there, like, you know what a blooming onion is, right? Like, I know. It's like a, it's a kind of like a classy restaurant. I guess you probably wouldn't yeah, know yeah, yeah. about it. Have you ever seen. Cassie, I was like, did this man just call outback steakhouse classy? <laughs> have you ever seen black bread? Like, that's a, that's a thing. You want because some- Castiel and Dean are broken up, suddenly all the things that Castiel always found endearing about Dean, oh, like the so fact that he thinks Outback Steakhouse is fancy, all those little things are now grating on him like you would not believe. <laughs> I can't believe. Dean, Dean, they, Dean, you could just throw your peanut shells on the floor, Dean. That's the kind of joint that is. It's not fancy. Um, uh, well, it's better than chilies. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> no, it's not. Dean. Castiel loves chilies. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare talk about chilies um uh lev the leviathan says that benny is dead um he he came back and his own kind killed him uh we don't know if that's true or if this is just yeah. if this is wrapping up a loose end or whatever i don't i don't trust Huge season true frankly don't, don't trust season 15 to not do anything at this point uh mm-hmm. go back over to the casino where chuck hey, is speaking of is Uh-oh. this the first episode that doesn't have a cameo uh yeah probably I mean, Benny seems like the obvious choice. They mentioned Eve. They mentioned Eve. No, no, there's no no cameos. No cameos in this one. Um, Meanwhile, Chuck is telling Sam that his hope is misplaced, uh, that it is extremely, not extremely, but it is possible for Sam and Dean to win. Like if Dean and Castiel do everything just right, if they can do all of this stuff just at the right order, that it's possible to win. But I can promise you that, Sam, you don't actually want to win. And let me show you what happens when you do, which is going to set up like this, uh, not B-plot, but this like recurring theme of Chuck showing Sam the future uh, after they beat Chuck, after they get Chuck into a cage. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to start out uh, December 14th, 2020, 
where uh, Sam and Eileen are kind of just doing some lore research. Dean is sleeping in a chair. Castiel's napping with beers, and I'm thinking, well, this is fucking great. Where is this episode of yeah. Supernatural? They're gonna have. They can't find a case, so Dean's like movie night, and everybody's like, hell fucking yeah. I'm like, this sounds dope. Are you trying to imply that they'll be bored, Chuck? <laughs> uh, this sounds great. This is this is going really well. But uh, then we see later on in the night as it devolves where we realize Dean only bought IPAs <laughs> and he's making them watch uh, uh, whatever the hell movie that he puts on. What's what's the one that Lost they just Boys. mentioned? The other... What was it? The Lost Boys? Yeah. He makes everybody watch The Lost Boys again. Suddenly it devolves into this huge feud. Uh, and then they all break up, but it's all because of movie night. That's what Chuck wants everyone to see. Dean, I thought you were going to order pizza, but you just ordered takeout from Outback again. I told you, I do like like my steaks, these <laughs> rare. My salad is soggy. Why didn't you go to Chili's at least? <laughs> you could get mini burgers at Chili's. Bite-sized mini burgers, Dean. The ribs, Dean. Have you had the ribs? <laughs> I told you to get a bag of chips to go with the salsa. You just got rare steak, and now I have a stomach ache. <laughs> this is this whole thing is interrupted when Jody calls, uh, and she is. We see Jody. I guess Jody and Bobby are in this, so maybe that counts as cameos, even though that. Yeah, you know, you know I, what? I guess it sort of does because we haven't seen them in quite a while, and you don't see the real versions of them. We only see like future in the future versions of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jody is upset. She's co- not covered in blood, but she's got blood spattered on her face. Uh, she's sitting in a car. She's obviously like shell shocked. She's saying that uh, her and Claire went into this vamp nest. There was only supposed to be a few vamps there. There turned out to be a lot more. Um, and now Claire is dead. Uh, and Chuck zaps. And Sam, God lo- love him. Sam picks up that phone. He goes, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> who's the? Who's that? <laughs> who is that Claire? Who was that on the, covering the, the who, phone? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone know what Claire? Yes, Dean is like, Sam, are you kidding me? Through a mouthful of, of rare steak that he got from up there. Uh, it's not even a good joke. I gotta stop. Um, uh, get through this. It's a great episode. Chuck zaps Sam back into normal time, uh, and he shows Sam this, this watch. Uh, we spend a lot of time with this watch. I'm assuming that it's going to be important, or if not instrumental, in taking Chuck down, or at least... Uh, mm. doing, or at least something is going to happen with it. But this, this watch is what, I guess... In my mind, it's it's like a metaphor for the for whatever like powers that Chuck is using to see into the future, um, or I, I guess it could be a real watch, like who knows with Chuck. Uh, but it's basically got like a time, a month, and a date on it, so that you can fast forward and like see what's happened. Um, and then we go back over to the purgatory. Uh, where we get kind of our first almost makeup scene between Dina mm-hmm. Castiel and I, I just want everybody who is listening to us talk about this, just make sure that while we talk about Dean and Castiel having this like conversation with one another, it's a deeply personal and like relatively emotional conversation, this fraught conversation about the things that they've been arguing about in this thing that's been pulling them apart. There's just a random Leviathan standing right next to him. The entire, right there. Lev the Leviathan is like looking back like he's fucking Billy the Siren or whatever from season whatever when he when fucking Sam and Dean start arguing about you know God and the apocalypse yep. and he's yep. like what I didn't expect any muttering of this. under his breath how he prefers you know Longhorn Steakhouse <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you guys ever um, go to Carabas? They, uh, <laughs> they get into it. They uh, uh well they start to get into it. Um, Castiel is talking about how um, he felt guilty for so many things. And it's made me start thinking, like, is, is purgatory just supposed to be this, like, 
giant metaphor for guilt or something like that. Like, are we doing something with this? I'm trying to pluck away at it because, you know, Castiel ended up there because of all of these things he tried to do back in season six, right? Um, all or seven, whatever it was. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't really know what was going there, but then it leads back to the, you know, I am sorry about everything that happened. Um, and, you know, with Mary or whatever. And Dean makes a comment. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I didn't write it down. But Castiel clarifies, like, no, I'm talking about Jack. Like, I'm yeah. talking about that shit. Um, I, I, they, they mentioned something about, like, purgatory is a place for some of this stuff to come out. And, uh, you know, when, when Castiel says this and Dean's like, you know, about Mary, and he's like, no, 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 I was talking about Jack. And Dean makes a comment about, like, you know, maybe you'd have known this if you just hadn't left us. And he's like, he's like, Dean, I, I apologized already. You were just too angry to hear it. You oh, know. dude, yeah, that's a that's a great. That's actually a lot. There are a lot of great lines yeah. in this episode. Of the you know, I already apologized to it. You just refused to hear it. Uh, maybe if you didn't just up and leave us, Dean says. Uh, and Castiel responds with, "You didn't give me a choice. You were too angry, and you wouldn't forgive me. Uh, and I left, but you didn't stop me." Harsh, harsh, heavy, heavy. They're finally talking about it though. It took fuck nine episodes. And God damn. meanwhile, Lev Leviathan is like, you guys, well, you guys want to just take some, take a break and work this out? Or he's fi- yeah, he's finally, he's finally like, so this isn't about steakhouses. Is <laughs> okay, I just now, I'm just now picking up. I thought you guys were just oh, no, really I, passionate I, I, about your chain restaurants, but okay. <laughs> the gears return. This is this bit. is more of an emotional thing between the two of you. Oh, okay, okay. Now I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. Okay. So it was totally inappropriate that I asked you guys about Carabas. Okay, I get it now. That's fine. They got good risotto though. I mean, I'm just saying, if you yeah. guys want to get away from the meats. <laughs> <laughs> just about, hey, you know what? Silver, silver lining, right? You got a new recommendation. Like, keep it moving, Lev. <laughs> Get the fuck over it. Out of here, Lev. Uh, then we jump to January 6th, 2021, which is. Uh, huh. Uh oh, I lost hmm. my notes. So, this is Sam and Dean. They're in the Impala. They're, they're covered in blood. Uh, Dean says they did everything they could do. Sam says we should have gone in earlier. Dean says they had to wait uh, because of the wolves, uh, and you know Castiel isn't around them. To he- isn't around to heal them anymore. Um, basically, all of the innocents that were in this like wolf pack died because they waited to go in to for themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dean is a little shook by all of this, and he turns to Sam and says, "They're winning, Sam. The monsters are winning." Uh, we get the idea that with you know, obviously with Jody saying there was more vampires than they expected. Now this saying there was more werewolves than they expected that somehow, for some reason, these monsters are proliferating and it's becoming overwhelming for the hunters. Yeah. Um, really cool idea. Good. Yes. And, and Chuck, even like when he finally addresses this later on, I was actually surprised with like how kind of like cool the whole thing, the whole setup was. Um, but okay, yes. Yeah, so back over to Purgatory. They finally arrive at the spot that that Lev has been leading them to, um, and we see these these strange looking blossoms, uh, these Leviathan flowers that that grow out of the corpses of Leviathans. Which I guess, from a lore perspective, I'm, that sounds kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, dig I always it. assumed that when Leviathans died, they like turned to ink, sure, <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they turned into gooey mess. But it doesn't matter. They grow into beautiful flowers. Um, but this is also yeah, they, not just a not just a Leviathan blossom field. It is also an angel trap uh, mm-hmm, that traps mm-hmm. Castiel and takes away his powers. Uh, this was all set up by Eve, uh, which is weird because I thought when we dealt with the Leviathans back in the day that they were like 
outside of the Eve structure. Like they were outside of that normal. Like every monster came from was was Eve season six. Fuck, dude. I don't see six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Who knows what the fuck they happened? They were doing okay. So they were there doing was a Mark. him and Crowley. <laughs> him and Crowley were conspiring, working with Samuel Campbell, and then Soulless Sam was wrapped up in that. They were collecting all the alpha monsters. Mm -hmm. They were doing something, and they wanted to get the souls from Purgatory. Something like that. Something like that. There is, so there's reference to the fact that Eve was pissed at Castiel specifically for his role in all of that stuff. So I guess it is technically separate from Leviathans. Lev, you know, he's an opportunist. Sure. He's got to get that stake money somewhere. He's so got to. Here he is. He's a, for you. Chris, he's a risotto guy. Just, just step back. That's right. He's, my apologies. He's my just apologies. paying for extra Parmesan at the, at the Carab, at Johnny Carab. That's yeah, yeah, what yeah, he's yeah. doing. He's trying, um, to, he's trying to figure out what Boudin is. He's like, does anyone, <laughs> and no one knows what he's, what he's asking about. Just telling the waitress, like, you can leave the Parmesan grinder right there, baby. Just, just yeah. set it on the table. I'm going to be using that bad boy a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, just honey, just leave. Honey, me. honey, just, just, I got this, baby. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Uh, there's a fight. Leviathan shows up. Uh, Dean kills it. Another one knocks him out. He wakes up. Uh, all of the blossoms are gone, and Castiel is gone as well. Um, we go back to future time, and I was really, really confused by this scene. Um, I don't know if you were as well because it happens pretty quick, but uh. Sam is packing up and Dean's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go with you. Like I, this is too much. I'm, I'm just going to give up. Uh, and future Sam's is, is like, what's up? Like ever since, and he's like, you know, Hey, we've lost everybody ever since we, and I didn't, there's a, a weird lore thing where the idea of Castiel taking on the mark of Cain in order to seal God in this cage, which I find very fascinating. Um, but the, but the mark made Castiel crazy and Dean had to <laughs> bury him in the Malik box. Mm -hmm. um, Jody and Bobby having lost everything, have a death wish and which Dean accuses Sam of having too after what happened to Eileen, which we don't, we don't, we don't see any of this. So this is all implication, which is some of the best storytelling that <laughs> supernatural has done in a little while. <laughs> um, Sam responds with like, what about, what about, ha what about what happened to Butch and Sundance? What happened to going out swinging? And Dean's just like, we, we, and just fucking dejected. Like, we we lost, brother. We fucking lost. Yeah. He calls him brother. Dude. Yeah. That's heavy. I, That's heavy. Super heavy. Uh, he leaves, and he's walking away. Sam is calling for him. And we see in the background of the shot of, you know, Sam and Chuck are there. And Sam is saying, like, this is a lie. This is this is a trick from 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 you. Uh, and Sam says something also that I think is really powerful. The Dean who raised me would never give up, um, mm. which is, I don't know that we've ever heard Sam refer to Dean that way before. Yeah, that was a, that was a powerful thing to come from him. And I'm glad that he's acknowledging that. And I'm glad that he's putting his faith in Dean like that. Um, it is funny that he would say the Dean who raised me would never give up because you know, they've been through it. Dean has given up. Yeah, Sam has had to pick him times. up before. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate the faith that he's putting in him. It's a, it's a sweet moment. Yeah. Um, this is also November 3rd. Is that like Supernatural's uh, like start point um, with the uh, get out of the house, Dean, take your brother and run? That, the, oh, the it might be. From, yeah. from season one. It might I be. I think it's November yeah. 3rd, like 1986 or whatever the hell. Don't, I, don't, I don't remember how old Sam is. Yeah. Um, 83 maybe doesn't matter Time see point. i wrote down um, all of the dates because i didn't know if they would be leading to something and i didn't write january 6th was the capital riots 
November yes, 3rd. Absolutely. Is, so they're definitely uh, going through all of Supernatural the, Day. Okay. They're going through some heavy shit. Yeah. December um, 8th, you know, is probably somebody's birthday. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Somebody yeah, was yeah. born on that day. Um, December 8th, is that you said? Yeah, yeah. December 8th. Two I, people in my family with that birthday. There you go. Um Chuck says, like, no, this is this is absolutely the truth of what happens. We switch back over to Dean, who is still wandering around. Uh, looking for Castiel, looking for Blossoms. There's 30 minutes left on the clock, uh, and this is where he kind of breaks, and we have our second big Dean and Castiel moment where he... It's ironic. I, I feel like every single time Dean has to have this big confession slash prayer to, to Castiel that he like has to hold on to something while he's doing it. Um, I, I don't know if that that bears out. I just... And like, all of the time of me hunting for like scenes of Dean being sad or looking up in the sky for music videos, I seem to remember him like holding onto a door. In this case, it's just a tree. Right. Uh, I don't know why I'm calling up this detail now. It's just it's not important. I but. mean, what what's a great way to to visually represent weakness? Yeah. is having to stay, you know, lean against something for support. Right. Um, this scene is um, uh, for the first word that came to mind for me. I was like, this scene is so sweet, mm-hmm. but so sad. It's very, it's very, uh, it's beautiful, but yeah, it's, it, it was, I, I, it like warmed my heart, even though it's so tragic. Um, it should, it really was, it was just a very beautiful scene. Uh, Dean basically confesses all of his emotions to Castiel. Mm-hmm. He says that he should have stopped him. He calls, he says, Castiel, you're my best friend, but I just let you go because it was easier than admitting that I was wrong. Uh, oh. this is when he... I don't know if he necessarily collapses, but he definitely goes down to one knee. He goes down on one knee, like um, he's proposing. Again, um, representing even if, like a Even weight. if you want to step outside of, of the relationship aspect, you know, the, the Destiel thing or whatever, if you want to step away from it, for, like him calling him his best friend, it was like the sweetest thing I'd ever heard. That's where the word sweet came into Yeah, absolutely. Like, it was just, it was such a term of affection in this, in a, in I don't, the whole thing, the whole thing, I just was like, I wanted to hug them both. Yeah, because there's there's times that, like, Autumn and I are talking, and, uh, like, Autumn is my best friend. Um, she's also my wife and my partner. But, like, there's times where calling her my best friend is some, maybe somehow more meaningful than mm-hmm. calling her my wife or whatever. Um, and, I, you know, again, whether or not you, you ship Destiel or, or whatever, like this feels like a connection between these two guys in a, in a real profound way. And he goes on to say like, and this is Dean Winchester at his rawest in my mind. I don't know why I get so angry. I just know it's always been there. And when things go bad, it comes out. I can't stop it. No matter how bad I want to, I just can't stop it. I forgive you. Of course I forgive you. I'm sorry. It took me so long. I'm sorry. It took me until now to say it. Castiel, I'm so sorry. I hope you can hear me. Um, this is powerful stuff. Like, uh, yeah, the the reason that Dean was mad at Castiel was, you know, Castiel kind of going out on his own, hiding the snake thing, which <laughs> is so dumb. But I guess mm-hmm. in a way led to Mary dying, and then with the situation in hell, making the decision to kill what's his name as opposed to sticking with the plan, even though Castiel made the right choice. But Dean saying like, "Hey, I, I, I know that this is me. I know that I lash out. I know that I have this anger." And when things go bad, I can't help it. I don't want to, but I can't help it. Uh, that's to me is like the first step of, hey, I mm. I have to be able to fix this. I have to be able to have this conversation with you. Um, and and this is this is supernatural. I think handling something um, in a really nice way. That's maybe not the right word, but they're they they are cashing in on on a thing that I complained about for a couple of seasons. You know, Dean's anger or him pushing Castiel away. This big like traumatic break between the two of them. 
uh, for the characters, for the show itself, sort of pushing Cassiel on the side. And they're cashing in on that now. I think they are using all of that so effectively to get to the heart of something in Dean Winchester, to get to the heart of his relationship with Cassiel and their bond, uh, how much that he, he wants and needs Cassiel in his life. But at the same time, how much he has struggled with this thing inside of him and how, you know, the anger or whatever it is, the burden that he bears, uh, the things that he's not able to express, how, how they have severed these bonds that are so important to Dean. Uh, so him having this moment of recognizing that, reaching out to Castiel, even if it's only in prayer, it's, it all kept wrapping back and back around for me. It's just, it's so sweet. It's so sad. And it's, it's very, very beautiful. I, I, this is the highlight of the season so far. Might actually be this moment. Absolutely, for me. yeah. Because all of the stuff that we've been complaining about Dean Winchester about has been, it has been these kind of things. Has been him lashing out at Castiel. Has been him not and, listening. And to have this moment of him not only apologizing, but also like telling Castiel, I don't care about the. I forgive you for the other stuff. Who cares? Like, let's move on. And then also saying like, I've got this anger. I don't know what to do with it. And it's it's as much of a overture of peace as it is a cry for help like it's 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 just as much as he's reaching out to his best friend uh to his boyfriend or whatever you want to call it it, is he's he's reaching out and at the same time he's also like opening up and saying like you i need help like there's no way that castiel Mm -hmm. doesn't hear this and think like okay we're all good like no this is step one of becoming all good right uh and and parallel to this is um sam's scenes where he is just just declared to Chuck, that's not my brother. That's not the brother who raised me. And I think that having this, you know, support that Dean doesn't even know is happening right now, uh, from Sam in a different scene on the other side of the world or in a different dimension or whatever. And then we we're coming back over to Dean at his weakness, knowing I think that Dean has the support of a Castiel who is ready, um, to forgive him and to be forgiven. <laughs> Castiel's like, all right, I earned this. Come on, forgive me now. Uh, and then a Sam who we know is supporting Dean. I just think it all, even though the, the episode is going to get darker um, and things are going to get a little more hopeless, of course, uh, this scene right here was like I could draw a big heart around all of it. Like this big chunk of yeah. minutes in between. Or I just felt good about all of them. And it felt like even though they're going through it, they're all feeling a lot of pain. Uh, it just feels like they're really moving in the right direction. That good old Winchester pain. Uh, and yeah, I think yeah. this this to me is the most like, forward moving character development that we've had in season 15. Like I feel like a lot of, in a lot of ways that we were regressing from our previous character development in previous seasons. And finally, like we're going, we're getting to the point where Dean isn't just angry all the time. And I, mm-hmm. I will be uh, very upset and I will feel betrayed if like Dean doesn't continue to grow from here. Like if the next episode he's, you know, winking at babes at the bar or something like that like mm-hmm, i'm or, mm-hmm. or or yelling at sam because sam you know d- dropped the metal rod they were hitting the ghost i'm still with. worried about that i am still worried like about that. i'm gonna be i'm gonna be mad if whoever is directing or writing the next episode like doesn't take into account this character development because it's so good it's you did mm-hmm. it like you fucking you, you had a moment you should keep that moment you should keep going with that yeah. moment and it's it would be really frustrating if it doesn't happen um but this is great this is great. Uh, I think this is one of the most lovely moments that Supernatural has ever had. It brought a tear to my eye. Not ashamed to admit it. Yeah. It was really good stuff. And then, you know, Dean wipes away his own tear and just says, okay. And then he keeps moving because he's only got 30 minutes. He's got to go. Yeah. There is this, you know, a, a, another side of Dean Winchester, another than the ever, never ending um, drive forward because there's always something you got to do. There's always something we saw you got to finish. This was so reminiscent of season 13, episode one, where, uh, like, Sam is in that little 
um, fish place and asking around for where Jack is. And Dean goes around the side of the building and like beats up the door to the bathroom and cries and prays. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he just like takes a breath and takes a beat and is like, okay, like time to time to continue on this job, this never ending yep. job. And it's just, it it's, felt very much like that. Like of just Dean, like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I had my time and now I, now, now I have to go forward. Um, so we jump back over to Sam. Uh, we go to November 3rd, 2021. Uh, Sam comes home. He finds Dean in the kitchen. Um, I rewound this spot for se- several times. I-, I was wrong earlier when I said I was confused by a scene because that wasn't the scene. It was this one. Uh, Sam says that he's going to raid that nest with or without Dean. Uh, mm-hmm. And Dean finally agrees saying, I guess I don't have a choice. Uh, and they leave and we cut to present day Chuck and Sam who uh, Chuck is saying something like you should have trusted your, and then we hear it like a gun blast. And he says, gut, you should have trusted your gut. And the implication to me was that for some reason, Sam killed Dean. And I, I did not understand what this was at all. <laughs> um, he, they both get turned into vampires. Yes. We find that out like yeah. in five minutes. Yeah. But like at the time yeah. I was like rewinding it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Cause they show back up on yeah. screen, like no big deal in a few minutes. And I'm like, what is, what did I miss? What, was, what is happening? <laughs> I just assumed it was like dark foreshadow. Like something bad's going to happen when you go on that hunt. Yeah. Um, we go back to purgatory. Uh, Dean has three minutes left on the clock. He still hasn't found Castiel. And then he, he does. Castiel's just sitting down beside the tree. Yay. Also, not for nothing, Sam being toxic, saying, well, I'm going with or without you, knowing that Dean has to go with him. Very, very toxic. Very toxic. Am I the asshole? Yes, Sam, you are. Yes, Sam, you are. Um, um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Sam, in my mind, Sam is already a vampire at that point, but I don't, you know, who knows? Ooh, that's our, yeah, that's, that's our little twist on it. He, he did yeah. some recon by himself, and he got turned. Now he's and now he's back to bring Dean back in with him. Absolutely. Um, very nefarious. Absolutely no evidence to support it, but... Uh, Back in Purgatory, we find Cassiel. He says he gave himself up to get everybody away from Dean, uh, managed to grab a blossom and kill all Leviathans on his own. Um, I'm really sad that this episode was so action-packed and so stuffed with stuff that happened that we didn't see any of this happen because yeah. uh, not, not for nothing. Like Cassiel, they've betrayed Cassiel as extremely weak for a while now. And I don't know how many Leviathans there were, but probably more than two. And I would have loved to see mm-hmm. Castiel just kick a little bit of ass. <laughs> Like yeah. we, it, it would, it's always good to see Cassio. Seems like it would have been fun. Yeah, we. Um, I mean, at least we get to see this forgiveness scene. You know, the hug. Um, they it, Dean saying you did it, Cass. Just like you fucking did it. Man. After I the conversation yeah. of you know something always goes wrong. Why does that something always seem to be you? Like that huge slap in the face to this 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 circle back around after that. You know apology via prayer um to then just say you did it cats like i think that's saying a lot more than just hey you did this one thing right you know it's mm-hmm. he's saying you, you did it like everything that you've ever done castillo you did it damn it you did it all right let's get the hell out of here and they do uh dean oh well dean wants to bring everything he's like listen i have to say something castillo's like no you don't i heard the prayer let's get out of here like we'll we'll do everything later um in the meantime Sam has set the clock as set the pocket watch as far forward as it will go, which is December 9th, 2022 at 3 a.m. Um, we see Sam and Dean, they're barricading themselves into a room. They agree to go out like Butch and Sundance. We're going to go out swinging um, outside the room. We see Bobby and Jody and some other hunters are like hunting them. Um, and Bobby's like, are you sure this is Sam and Dean? And Jody's like, we have to. 
uh, and then the the <laughs> as the hunters are about to break into the door, Sam and Dean both flash their teeth, and we we realize that they're both vampires now. Uh, the hunters burst in. Sam and Dean start tearing through them. Jody manages to shoot Sam, and Dean fucking just like eats her. Just like starts chewing up her neck. Uh, yeah. Bobby beheads Sam, and at that exact moment, Sam wakes up in the real time and back at the casino. And it makes me think that Chuck is doing a little dirty here because up until this point, we've seen Sam observing things. I feel like in this scene, he maybe put Sam. Mm-hmm. And into future Sam's body to like let him live this like almost like a dream like when you wake up when something violent happens, um as a way to can I just say like Sam and Dean becoming vampires, kind of sick, kind of sick, pretty kind of sick, absolutely. Uh, it's a bad end, right? Like it's not. It's a bad great. end for sure. It's a bad end for sure. Having to kill their old friends or whatever, mm-hmm. but like that that moment in that scene where I'm still thinking they're going to fight vampires and they're about to both get killed. Um, but in this scene with the subtle little twist where suddenly they, you know, they flash their fangs, I was like, oh, shit. So good. Uh, so Chuck wakes up and he starts apologizing. He says, I'm sorry for the crappy ending. I really wanted something better for, for you and Dean because I care about you. I, you really matter to me, deeply matter to me. I want something better. Uh, we learned that Eileen was powered down, put in a broom, broom closet real quick. Uh, Sam says, hey, I saw your plans. Like, none of your plans, none of your drafts folder looked any better than this. It all looked worse. Um, and then we switch back to Dean and Castiel, who were in the bunker. And they're preparing this spell. And Dean and Castiel is like, yeah, we, we have to do this. I have to take the mark because you have already taken it. And I don't know why. I never really put together, like, the idea... I, they played so fast and loose with the Mark of Cain and what it meant and what it didn't mean that I guess by the end of it, it did mean like that was like a seal that was holding yeah, the darkness I, uh, back. Up until we started recording the podcast, I had no idea why they were just throwing the Mark of Cain around. And then I realized, oh, that was literally what let Amara out. Yeah. So it was, now they're, they're trying to put God back in that same thing. So, of course, of course, the Mark of Cain is back. Uh, it makes sense, but they just didn't mention it last episode. Yeah, so. yeah. It was, I, I think in this one, like it was, I, I don't necessarily need them to like go all out on like the reminders or anything, but I just straight up did not remember that the Mark of Cain was, I, I re- was related to Amara, but like it mm-hmm. took me a moment to go like, why would Castiel, oh, because they're making a, oh, like it just took a second. And, and maybe that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that's actually better in the long term to let me make my own. <laughs> connections i am a clue master chris i don't know if you're aware of this we haven't made a joke in a long time and i am a clue master yeah yeah i'm I'm something of a clue master myself um you know game respect game Mm -hmm. as you say uh so at this point they finish the spell uh it goes into a neat looking orb thing uh and they dope orb it's always down for orbs so always down for pondering my orb yeah somebody's gonna have to break that orb it can't be castiel for some reason i don't remember why but i vaguely remember it can't be castiel right yeah i don't know why (laughs) maybe because he's an angel or because he has the mark i don't know yeah it doesn't make again a lot of this orb and (laughs) orb and mark yeah i don't i don't necessarily know what we're doing here but um I was still too emotionally vulnerable at this point in the episode. I, I was too, man. Details. Like I, after that little fucking that scene between Sam and uh, uh, Sam, sorry, Dean and um, Dean's confession scene just really fucking took it out of me, man. Like I was, I was kind and of. And then immediately after, we have the 
fighting Bobby and Jody. I know it was it was just a lot to go through, and then slam us with Orb and Mark lore. I can't I can't ha- I can't handle those kind of swings in my supernatural. Like you gotta you gotta really let let it go for a while. You gotta let my my emotions yeah. go mm-hmm. for a long mm-hmm. time. Maybe this would have been actually better with the commercial break for the fir- the first time. I would say yeah. that about anything. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. Let let the Glad family of products make me feel something yeah. again. My four. Gotta watch a Chevy commercial, and then you're like, you know what? I've balanced out. I'm God, okay. it is like a rock, Sam Elliott. Now you're right. That truck is like a rock. <laughs> I don't. I don't watch. Com- Are Sam Elliott still doing Chevy commercials? Probably, huh? I, I haven't seen a commercial, and I don't know how long. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, we go back to the casino. Uh, Sam is kind of ranting by himself. Uh, it'll be better. It'll be better when we win. When we win, I'll beat you. I'll make it. In- I'll make it better. Chuck appears behind him and says, "It's impossible." Both of you, Sam and Dean, have played fast and loose with the laws of physics and the laws of nature, but there's n- there's way more that they don't know and they can't know about because they're only humans and I'm God. Uh, and Chuck says, you know, really what you're looking at in this ending, like kind of think past the obvious, like to put on your clue master hit hat, Sam Winchester. Uh, and that's when it clicks for Sam. It's the monsters that without Chuck, Chuck's presence uh, dark forces prevail, monsters rule, yeah. and everyone. Sam, I thought that was kind of a sick line, dude. Super fucking great, right? <laughs> Without God, dark forces prevail, and Sam's like, "Oh, you wrote that? Okay, okay, cool, cool." So you're saying some of the forces, some of those that work for us, he's like, "No, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that uh, right uh, now. No, 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 we're not this capitalism. We're talking mysticism, right? Sam, Sam, okay. don't. I know you're. I know you just read the Communist Manifesto for the first time, but I'm gonna need you to dial it down on the economic. I just don't want to hear about it, Sam Winchester. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, do you... I feel like they kind of knew this, though, right? Because last episode they decided, wait, oh, wait, yeah, we can't kill God. Mm-hmm. We have to lock him up because that would be bad. So part of me is always like, well, they are, yeah, they already realized that they kind of need him around still. They can't just have him gone. Also, call the darkness. Could she start stop the? Can the she dark stop the monsters? Yeah, prevailing? but she's. I mean, she got to be. She's got to at least help, right? Like we got she's, rid of her I mean, brother. Her had a fling. It just feels like you know, make it work. I um, I really like this idea that even even if they can't kill God because creation will cease, that if they lock him up, that for some reason he's holding back the monsters. And uh, and I think I like it because it means that he's such a shitbag that he doesn't just snap his fingers and eliminate all monsters because <laughs> you know chuck could do that at any time that he wanted to he could just go Bloop, and right, no right. more vampires like instantly like I, that without question like he could do that yeah but he doesn't because he's chuck because he's chuck uh dean and castiel show up at the casino they free sam uh unfortunately eileen is still under chuck's control and attacks dean against her will um, I'm always really worried about these kind of situations because I don't want anybody to kill Eileen. Um, I don't want her to have a worse death than she's already had in the show. Yeah. Um, Cassiel manages to tackle Eileen away, but Chuck shows up. Uh, Dean punches him in the face, and, and it's like, you know, you can't blame me for trying. And Chuck punches him. You know, I had to. And Chuck's <laughs> like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. I have a really punchable face. I understand. I let Rowena punch me in the face all the time. So that's fine. Uh. Um, Chuck punches him back a lot harder, and he rolls. Uh, Castiel gets the orb to Sam, um, who recognizes what it is and then refuses to smash it on the ground. Don't don't put it in this man's hands. He's gonna choke. He's gonna he's gonna choke at the at the at the buzzer. I uh, I, I will I will say this episode does this episode swerved me a little bit because I expected Sam to do this anyway. I expected Sam to just commit and like you know 
monsters be damned. We can if with with the foreknowledge that they're going to get bad, I can be more prepared. Is is the logic mm-hmm. that I was thinking Sam was going to use? But we did, did we miss the hope thing where the the wound is healed? Did we not talk about that? And I just forgot about it. Uh, we uh, maybe we did skip it. Over. Yeah, uh, once once Chuck realized that hope was the key to all of it, he was like, okay, I'm going to take away your hope, and I'm going to and that wound is healed, the connection is severed. And now you're hopeless. Oh, it, it, um, I'm sorry. It happens right here. I'm sorry. This is exactly. Okay. So, okay. yeah, this is when he refuses to do the orb. That This is when he he loses hope. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Sorry. Yeah, he refuses to ponder that orb. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I get it. I do get it. This doesn't. I'm just, I'm just bummed. I didn't want Sam to lose hope. I wanted him to keep, you know, even if he wasn't able to break it, even if something went wrong. Um, it's just, why is it always going to be Sam's fault? <laughs> I and I'm I'm glad that the the rest of Team from Will isn't gonna give him a lot of shit about this because um, he and I I hope not I hope not because because Sam is so you know distraught at the end of the episode and um Dean's just like you know what if you say it is and that's good enough for me I always want a fucking brother hug can we not do two hugs can in we, one episode can we just get much? a brother hug <laughs> can we just can please? we get this man some support you guys are hell you're happy you're back in your honeymoon phase can we get this man some support can we order some chilies Castiel says uh, um. Chuck picks up the the orb, smashes it, uh, the wound heals. Um, Dean says, "What now? Um, I know you're not going to dust me because you you're still want us for the big picture." Um, and this is where Chuck says, "Hey, all of those things that you think Sam caught saw they weren't drafts; they were my memories. They were of other Sam and Deans who all said that they would not do it; they would not kill each other, uh, but eventually they did." And Dean fucking steps up to the plate and says, not this Sam and not this Dean. And then he adds motherfucker at the end of it. <laughs> just to yeah, just to really bring home the point. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe Iron Rod Castell ain't the only one packing. That's not, I'm not I'm not some, saying maybe some anything. other people are packing. Absolutely. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Uh Chuck blinks out and then we skip over to the bunker where Eileen is leaving. Uh, after her experience with Chuck and everything leading up to this, she doesn't know what's real anymore. And at a very tender moment, Sam uh, leans down, um, puts her on several phone books, leans down because <laughs> there's there's a significant height differential here. Uh, oh yeah. But oh, yeah. but then but then kisses her um, in a real like kind of passionate um, kiss and says, "I know that that is real," uh, but she still leaves anyway, uh, which is a bummer because I was really looking mm-hmm. forward to her being around uh, throughout most of this. She does look back on him almost like she's kind of like shocked, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that actually just happened. Um, and uh, but she know she you know she's set in her decision. I think in my head, Sam knew that she was leaving regardless, so he was like, "I'm just going to do this because who knows? Who yeah. knows if we'll oversee each other?" But I know you're leaving, but let me just you know impart you. Um, and then he's just got to go walk the plank. Uh, he goes into the kitchen where Dean and Castiel are. Uh, and Sam says, I believed what Chuck showed me. What would happen if we, if we put him in a cage? And yeah, Dean's like, I believed him. I still do. Yeah. He says it all really slow. Like he just like, he can barely get the word. Almost like he's expecting like significant blowback from Sam and Dean who, you know, risked quite a bit to put this all together. Yeah, Cass, Cass and Dean just came back from fucking purgatory. purgatory. Like it's implied that Castiel fought off Eve, which y'all, yeah. y'all spent a whole like it's, half yeah. a season talking about that chick. And we didn't even get and it on also, the like, video. Castiel, Castiel and Dean suffered tremendously in, in purgatory the first time around. Yeah. They were fighting 
um, like they were on the on the island from Lost. It yes. was crazy. I don't know why that just popped into my head. Uh, it was <laughs> same island. Yeah, they they went to they Hawaii. Were, yeah, they were going through it in purgatory, and and it tested their bonds. It it and it it just did a lot. It did a whole lot for them. Um, and then to have to go back there and to face all that again, even if it's only for twelve hours, they had to go through it, and through that they were able to find forgiveness with each other. And Castiel fought Eve apparently, <laughs> and then they came back, and then Sam. You know, he couldn't ponder the orb. Could not ponder that orb, uh, which is which is a bummer. Um, but instead of getting yelled at, Dean just says, that's good enough for me. Uh, and so what are they going to do now? And they said, well, we can't trap him or we can't kill him. Uh, so we have to find another way. And we smash cut to Jack, who is still in the empty uh, with Billy looking at him. And Billy says, it's time. And it is about time. We've been sleeping on mm-hmm. this. We've been sleeping on this. I wonder if Billy has been biding her time, letting the Winchesters spin their wheels, letting them, them face up against Chuck, uh, and, and now she's, she's ready to, to show her hand. And, and do. How cool is it that they brought back Billy? I mean, I just mean like from the first time that Castiel originally killed her, quote-unquote, or whatever, and then they just found a way to bring her back, and then we haven't seen too, too much of her since then. But I just feel like she's, she's a heavy. Like she's she's going to come in, and she's going to drop some bombs. Yeah, this is, uh, and you know, predicting supernatural is always a, a, a foolish game because they get they will they will swerve you constantly. But when Chuck says there was so much more going on that you guys can't know about because you're just human and I'm God, that really heavily implied to me that uh, the combination of Billy as death and an archangel as in Jack means that there is they they would have significantly more abilities to trap God or to replace God potentially. Um, replacing God with Jack actually might be what I think that is the end of the season now that I've just said that out loud and thought about it for the first time. Like, that would make yeah. the most sense of anything, yeah. of trying to steal his powers and give them to Jack. Dean, you better apologize. You know what? Dean didn't pull the trigger in the end, so he already apologized yeah. by not killing him. Yeah, and Jack is... <laughs> he's good. He's good. Jack no, he's, is cool. Good. he's cool. Jack's fine. Like, he's he'll be all right. <laughs> he's had he's had a rough go of it. It'll be a good, it'll be a good eternity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see how that stuff plays out. Uh, I... I'm really curious what they're going to do with that. And um, mm. I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I just, I'm, this got me excited about Supernatural season 15 in a way that I've, I kept saying that I wanted. Like the last episode, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, it feels like we've got a, we've, we've got four, but we've got some, we're going to be going on a path. We have a quest and yeah. uh, this carried that through. So I'm really, really excited about the next episode being just as good. Yeah. It, it feels, oh, God, I, I'm so annoying. Season four, season five, every other episode, something big was happening. Mm-hmm. Or season four in particular, it feels like there was just always something happening, you know? Um, and, and it drove that momentum forward like crazy. And, and if they keep up that pace now for the rest of this season, you know, at least the majority of it, I'm sure there'll be one or two episodes that diverts off. Um, but God, that would, be, that would be incredible. If they kept up this pace, it would, it would be really great. I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I I think this mm. is one of the. This is definitely my favorite episode of the season. I'm looking real forward to seeing how, if and how the future changes based on their actions. Right, like him being able to show one path, uh, versus like Billy's entire library of ways that Dean Winchester dies is really interesting to me. Like what what does the clock show that Billy? Like you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. What I'm starting to say. Like I like if mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. if if Chuck is showing them one potential. Uh, future outcome like how do they change that so yeah i uh you you have to wonder how aware chuck is of billy jack 
Does he see the empty? Is he chilling in there? Does he have, you know, we don't know. We don't know. God forbid Lucifer ever fucking comes back. Yeah, is like, and that's, you know, also like some of the like metaphysical stuff in this show is, is like, I have questions about. Like, does the. What if Jack comes out with every angel uh, guest star that we've ever had? Uh-huh, just, okay. just rolling uh-huh. deep with Zachariah. We already saw yep. him. He came back mm-hmm. with uh, Hannah. Yep. With any, any, literally any other angel. The redheaded chick. Uh, for the, Dean know, had that's sex where with. they go when they die. Am I right? I, I Angels go to, go to the empty when they die? Yeah, Am I wrong? That's, that's, that's a, that is a fact. That's what we learned recently, I think. Yeah. I thought that was a thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not important. Well, yeah, because Castiel went there before, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course they did. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay, Clue okay. Masters. Okay. Um, but my question is like, is the empty, the empty for this universe or for all universes is Billy death for mm, this mm. universe or for all universes? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm curious how, like if God is above this, like multi-universe thing, or if he's just like, do the universes exist before God creates them? Like, is he starting from scratch every time? Is he copying and pasting and then changing one thing to go forward or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm curious how some of the metaphysical stuff like ties together. Um, obviously heaven and hell are existing with these individual universes because we've seen copies of Michael in different universes, but where is the overarching stuff? Like, I don't know. Where did the big bang happen? Yeah. I'm guessing we won't ever really get it. No, I'm sure not. <laughs> nobody, nobody but me will probably ever even question it. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's probably like two people on a forum somewhere from a, a year ago asking the same question. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you everybody that's written in. Uh, thank you everybody that's uh, interacting with us on various social media channels. If you have sent us a, like a video on TikTok, I'm sorry. Like I, I opened it the other day and it was like, you have 22 new messages and I just literally closed it. I was like, I'm not in the moment where I can handle 22 new TikToks. <laughs> um, so I will, I will get through those and respond. I promise. But, uh, in the meantime, thank you to everybody that's joined the Patreon at patreon.com slash sponsor of the week. We've had people buying merch, uh, which is very, very cool. If you buy merch from us and you don't send us pictures, you are committing a felony. So that's a felony. Just that is a felony. No, um, you know, I don't, I know people are fine committing felonies. They think that no, nobody's yeah. ever going to come along and arrest them, but just know if you try to get your hunting license or fishing license in your state, they're going to look it up and go, It'll Oh, come back. Y- you bought you a dark download a car, you know, you bought a dark so. side shirt in November of 2021. And yet I don't see any pictures of it on the monster of the week, Twitter page. That's weird. So just, just yep. you know, if you want to be able to fish in the state of Louisiana, just keep that in mind. Uh, odd. Very odd. We'll be back next week with You Don't Know What You Have Until It Is Gone. <laughs>
Is this Jen Snackles? <laughs> I was going to try to do a girl voice, but then I realized, nah, let's not. Let's not start the podcast <laughs> uh-huh. with that kind of energy. <laughs> yes, this is Jen Snackles. How may I help you? It can, it can swerve too fast in the wrong direction. You've, uh, you've reached uh, Jared Padalecki's uh, PR. How can I help you this evening? Uh, yeah. I was just, I was just wondering, hi, uh, hi, great to meet you, local, local Bones Notes Gaming. Um, I was just reaching out to see if Jared could provide comment on, uh, rumors that he's a gamer. Can you confirm or deny this? Will we be able to get a statement from him? Um, please hold the line for, for one second. Great, great, great. Uh, I can confirm that Jared Padalecki is not a gamer, and it says here not a gamer. It says here uh, that interesting. It wants me to go ahead and say that he has never shipped Sephiroth and Tifa. So okay. I, th- those those were the those were that's the comments from Jared Padalecki himself in my not, in my notes here. Uh, not a popular sh- ship. Not a popular ship. So it's it's actually quite interesting that he would name those two characters, which sort of seems to indicate that. Perhaps at one point he he had he had been a gamer in the past. Can we maybe get a comment on that? Was there a question in there, sir, about Jared Padalecki's PR? Or are you are you just kind of talking to yourself now? I can hang up. I'm asking, was he mm-hmm. a gamer in his past? Hold the line, please. I can confirm that he was not a gamer in the past. No, not a gamer. Okay, one more question, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, that's what can that's what I'm here you, for. My name is Jen Snackles. I work PR for Jared Padalecki. <laughs> can <laughs> you confirm? The, uh, can you can, can you just ask him why he why he specifically doesn't ship Tifa and Sephiroth? Uh, Two part question. Also, why does he know those characters? Hold the line, please. You know what? I think it is. No, I bet. I bet he's an Advent Children fan. Hasn't played the game. Has seen the the movie. I bet that's what it is. We'll wait and see. Wait, I hear them typing. All right. It says here, uh, interesting. Um, he says that the ship is illegal and okay. gross. This is, and again, this is just notes from previous people that have called in looking for Jared Padalecki's PR. <laughs> and so we have a kind of a database of answers built up from sure. Mr. Padalecki himself. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and it says here, gross and illegal. So I don't, and again, I'm, hmm. sir, I, I apologize, local bones. I'm not a gamer. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I play Animal Crossing, but that doesn't make me a gamer. You understand what I'm saying? Sure, 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 sure. Um, I have a feeling, can you confirm, does Jared think that Sephiroth is a woman? Can we, is there anything in the database about that? I'm sorry, uh, this, that would be your fourth question. And uh, now is when we either need to get a credit card or some sort of purchase order from you because you have I'm taken so up a, a significant amount of my time. Do you accept V-Bucks? V-Bucks? Are you asking me to, pay, are you asking to pay us in your, in your virginity? Is that what that is? Uh, V-Bucks, I think, is currency in Fortnite. Um, you're you're not a gamer, so of course you wouldn't know that. Um, uh, how about Bells? Do you accept Bells? Uh, uh, Mr. Nook, Local Bones, you, I'm, I'm going to have to, Nook Miles? I'm beginning to, I'm beginning to think that this is a prank call and I'm going to have to hang up on you now. Does Jared like Rocket League? Answer the question. <laughs> Click. <laughs> There's a, Another successful call. There's a significant chance that that dude, uh, he's absolutely played video games. Like, there's no question in my mind. I don't know that I think that he would consider himself a gamer, but I bet he has, like, a group of guys that he plays, like, Madden with. Or yeah, COD. every time you find out somebody's a gamer, it's like, oh, sick. Like, what are you into? And then it's like, oh, yeah, like, me and my boys used to play SOCOM on PS2. And I'm like, all right, I mean, 
it's kind of cool that you were doing it on PS2, but that doesn't. I just feel like it's <laughs> just like a sport. It's it's, like o- it's only cool because you were you, you're saying that in 2021 though. If you had said that in like yeah. 2009 when that when that console came out, or shit, no, 2002 when did PS2 come out? Uh, I was in fifth grade, I think, or fourth grade. <laughs> so <laughs> I a was long, a literal child. A long time um, ago. I, I my sister dated a guy who was really into SOCOM, and I had that moment of. You know, he comes over, hanging out with my sister. She's like, oh, you know, get to know him or whatever. So he starts talking to me about video games. And I'm super excited. And he's like, let me see what games you have. Uh, and I all excitedly, like, bring him over to him. But and then I, he reveals that he's just super into SOCOM. And, yep. like, mm-hmm. that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn it, dude. It's, uh, it's always very weird. It's happened to me a bunch uh, because um, I get, like, I had a guy the other day. Um, I was working with him, and he was the son of a guy that I've worked with in the past. And so... Me and this dude like work together all day and I'm just, we're just bullshitting or whatever. And then the next day, uh, he, we, we meet back up. We're going to work again that day. And he has apparently talked to his dad about me. Cause he goes, dude, my, my dad said, you're a gamer, bro. You didn't mention that yesterday. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> Cause the only thing that they could possibly know about me is that I like video games and I do a podcast. Like that's it. Like that's the only knowledge that they have yep, of me yep. and like trying to explain to this dude. Because I was like, yeah, dude, I play video games. I have an Xbox and a PlayStation. Um, yeah, I just play a bunch of stuff. I said, what are you into? And he's like, oh, man, I love COD. And I'm like, excellent, excellent, good, good. It's always, it's always COD. It's I, lo- always, I, love, it's... I love to shoot vaguely brown people <laughs> with my American guns. That's what I like no, about they, well, video now games. You can be, uh, COD isn't what it used to be. You can be a woman and shoot vaguely brown people now. Okay? Yeah, yeah. You, so. can, you, can, you, can be, you can be a vaguely brown woman and shoot vaguely brown people in that game if you want to. Yeah. I heard it's a rumor feminist. that they're going to put Captain America in a Call of Duty game, and I wanted to just barf that, all over everything. That bites, dude. dude I don't know. It fucking I don't, sucks, even, I don't know about a lot about Ca- Captain America lore, but I feel like he doesn't stand for that. No, no. I think Captain America would look down, uh, extremely down on any sort of like per- war in perpetuity video game. Like the fact that there's I, so many of those, he would be very grossed out by. I saw a lot of uh, Marvel stuff swirling around on my timeline yesterday with people. Um, people saying how Blade doesn't matter to the MCU and they don't know why they're making a big deal out of this new, you know, the Blade resurgence. And then we get all these other people saying Blade is one of the most important things for the MCU as you know it. I have no knowledge. I have nothing to support this, but I'm in the comment section saying, yeah, I agree. I agree with OP. Blade is one of the most important Blade things is. to ever happen to the MCU. And I don't know. Do you, can you clarify? Do you know anything else? I know uh, a lot of people were just saying like, yeah, you know, it paved the way for like more serious superhero movies, but Blade is not a superhero movie. So, it's so a comic book movie, but first off, I want to say that we were talking about Blade the other day, and I mentioned that a character gets his arm cut off and he freaks out about it, and I couldn't remember the character, the, the actor who played it. And the actor who played him that was on MTV was Denal Logue, a uh, famous character actor, and then he has recently showed up as a vampire on um what we do in the shadows in the third season ah. which was to, as the actor don Logue. <laughs> like he's it's extremely funny <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's extre- he was like yeah after blade i went ahead and turned myself into a vampire this, it was great <laughs> it's extremely I'm a big funny fan. Bit. i'm a big fan of those kind of things like actors like nodding towards like their past roles with with new roles mm-hmm. that's why we you know everybody was really excited to see jake Hall show up in, in taylor Swift's uh, all too well video <laughs> but, you know he let us down he let us down not, but, a, not a great role after spider-man i will say um yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't have any like I, you, you said it like blade's not a superhero movie um in the normal mm-hmm. kind of especially in like a post mcu world like it's it's uber violent and it's kind of all over the place uh i don't know that blade is an important character 
for the MCU, but I'm also not really convinced that anybody knows who what an important character is for the MCU is right now. I'm um I'm on board with whatever Blade is when it, when it comes out. I'm all yeah. in. Mahershala Ali. He's, he's going to kill that role. Like, there's no yeah. way that he do- isn't going to be a fucking badass in that entire role. Uh, like that dude just he's awesome. <laughs> like tenth full time, stop. Tenth time me telling this story in in the outtakes, but but renting Princess Mononoke and Blade on the same night for a sleepover in like sixth grade was a fucking killer night and it was very formative to watch those two movies back to back, back, to back just yeah. like, you know what it doesn't get any better than this like what's the modern day blade movie do you think like what is just like the coolest fucking like weird vampire it's, killing movie that you can think of like what would it be it's it, not twilight like twilight it's not count. twilight i was gonna say first before you brought vampires back into the mix i was gonna say like i bet it's like john wick or something but yeah. no i don't know there's no like cool vampire movies here's the here's the thing though dracula is in the public domain they can just yeah. put Dracula in John Wick 4 if they wanted to. Like they could, there's, and they should. <laughs> there's and I've nothing always thought, that would stop I, that. I, I share, as far as I'm aware, I could be incorrect about this, but as far as I'm aware, I share a birthday with both Bram Stoker, author of Dracula, and um, <laughs> Reeves? Uh, Please tell me Sashi this. Kishimoto, the oh. author of Naruto. Oh, okay. So I always thought that it was my destiny to write a story about vampire ninjas okay well that hasn't a, happened yet that went a different direction I, yeah. than i was expecting but i i'm here for vampire ninjas um that was what most of daredevil was without the vampires it was just a bunch of ninjas so that's i mean that's pretty tight i i feel like we're not taking enough advantage of ninjas in western media anymore dude okay well let me ask you this question as a, as a ninja fan uh, because growing uh-huh. up i feel like as a young child, uh, as, as a as a young man, ninjas were some of the cool. Like it, it, they were just cool. Like absolutely, like unquestionably not, not awesome. Not ninja back then. That, I mean, this is even before the pirates versus ninja conversation, which I was sure, 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 never sure. even understood why that was a question. Like both Neither are both are extremely awesome. They would work together. Like end of story. Like don't <laughs> would never be said, but they would never come across each other like that. They would just see each other and recognize game, recognize game, and pirate recognize ninja. Right. That's right. What I want to ask you though is. I feel that there is a strength in a movie that with one ninja, right? Mm-hmm, and then there's mm-hmm. strength in a movie with like maybe five ninja. Sure. Right? But by the time that you get to a hundred faceless ninja, you're not you've lost it's it's just it's just more dinosaurs. It's Jurassic Park two or three, right? Like you've right. lost you've lost at the that plot. point. This is is this really an elite warrior? Is this really the best of the best if there's two thousand of them in your yeah. castle getting chopped up? By, you know, yeah. If if you, if you could ship two thousand elite warriors to Hell's Kitchen, New York, to fight Daredevil, I don't, I don't think that they're like worth it. <laughs> I think, yeah. they, I think those the are training, bargain. The training can't be that tough. <laughs> yeah, it's bargain basement ninja at best. Like the, it's yeah. the Amazon brand ninja dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's like the there was the martial arts boom in like the seventies and eighties because um, all like the kung fu movies were coming over to the states for the first time. So suddenly all these Western actors were like, we're getting into this, and it spread out to like. Just every young man was like, "Yeah, I do karate," and I say this because this is what my dad told me. A hundred percent. Yeah. No. No. I was. Yeah. I went to karate class. Like I had a black yeah, belt. Of course. Went, not black belt, of course. but like I had a belt that was black <laughs> with a little gi. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um. <clears throat> it's. Uh. What was it? What were we talking about? Ninjas. Ninjas. Anyway, yeah. yeah. But uh, that was my question. Like, if, if, it's, if, who, if it's one ninja, it's good. It, if it's many ninja, it's bad. That was. That was yeah, gonna be exactly. my. Yeah. I think. I think we're in agreement on that. Like when you when you got one ninja in the crew. Well, just w- the one ninja in the crew, you know that guy's cold, mm-hmm. and you know he's trouble. So that that you know, one ninja is a threat. Many ninja, it's like okay. I mean, y'all could just be many guys and kick my ass still. Yeah. you know, it doesn't change anything. The fact that you're ninja. 
it could be just a lot of ninja and i mean i don't know like even if you just had 10 super cool ninja that were like all had different not necessarily skills but like different primary weapons that their main yeah. was a little different you know what i'm different, saying like different primary weapons different like color coding maybe <laughs> we're just um, describing teenage mutant ninja turtles all, all turtle they live in a sewer <laughs> uh, <laughs> trained by a rat trained by a rat uh they're friends with megan fox for some reason that's a weird moment yeah. in history <laughs> weird pull for the ninja turtles do you think mgk got really into megan fox from the ninja turtles movie dude yeah because he was like 14 yeah, he's 14 yeah that was dude, prime time that so hot oh my god cowabunga man i would cowabunga them titties <laughs> that's <laughs> kick flip and that was my 14 year old mgk impression that wasn't me oh saying yeah that, so. oh yeah i have no idea how old that guy is um I, dude i don't know I, I mean, he yeah. has so many tattoos that I'm assuming you could count it by like like rings on a tree. Like, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's him. Him and Post Malone. That's how you tell how old they are is by the tattoos on their faces. And a weird uh, Post Malone got a tattoo of a video game, uh, and it's a real like indie video game. It's called uh, Disc Room, and mm-hmm. uh, it just happens to be created by like my favorite rapper and musician ever. And it's just will never cease to be weird to me that my guy Dose One made a video game and. Post Malone got like a tattoo of it on his face for some reason. It's just yeah, very wild. fucking bizarre. That dude has some interesting tattoos. Um, he has a sword on his face where I'm like, you know, I would never get a face tattoo, but if I was going to get a uh, face tattoo, it might be a sword. Sure. <laughs> it might be that. Yeah. Uh, he's got some Elder Scrolls tattoos. I know that. He did a music video. I watched it with Jess. And the whole time I'm like, this is Dark Souls. He's a big, this is clearly inspired by Dark Souls. She's like, not everything's Dark Souls, Chris. I'm like, actually, Jess, <laughs> actually, Jess. everything is Dark Souls. <laughs> She's thinking, why did I say yes to that ring? I had, had plenty of opportunities <laughs> to say no. I had plenty of opportunities. Or at least put, put him off for a couple of years, but instead I just went right in. <laughs> um, how do we get to Post Malone? I was going to ask. So, yeah, Dean Winchester okay. versus, versus Ninja. Who's coming out on top? See, but here's the thing. Is, is, is it just one badass ninja or is it a group of ninjas? Okay. Because I feel like like 1v1, the ninja has a chance, right? Like He's got a, he's, yeah, it was one shinobi yeah. versus one Dean Winchester. Especially, if, coming out especially if the shinobi has some sort of uh, like emotional quest that he's going on and Dean mm. Winchester is standing in the way of that or is part sure. of that in some way. But like, I feel like the, the shinobi would just like, Hit them pressure points, knock weapons out of the hands. Like mm. Dean would get some, and, hits, and you know that Winchester's in. got slippery fingers to begin with. <laughs> Absolutely, they um, throw. They throw. I think. I think Winchester's have very high HP, mm-hmm. um, low stamina. If that makes sense. Um, like in Skyrim, you can have very high HP, but if you have low stamina, and somebody punches you, you'll get knocked down. Doesn't sure. matter how much health you have, you'll get knocked down, and you have to stumble back to your feet. I feel like that's the Winchester's extraordinarily low stamina very high hp i would say that dean's hp is probably higher than sam's hp yep. sam's mp stat is higher than dean's Absolutely. so they kind of balanced out in that way and both um, and both have like their luck stat which can affect random things throughout their, their world mm-hmm. like that i think that is for both of them extremely high like they are just kind of yes wandered into a, the best situation like if a, if somehow or another Dean would get the drop on the Shinobi in this in this world that we're creating, right? Like mm-hmm. Dean would be the, the one to strike first. He would get first attack, surprise a attack, a double brother bluff. Um, Absolutely. Once you reach a certain level, you unlock a trait that you can do a double brother bluff alone. So I think Ooh. he'd be able to pull it off. It's like throwing your voice. Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ventriloquism. <laughs> <laughs> just doing a ventriloquist like, like of Sam. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's always something really stupid and insulting to say <laughs> that he has him saying. Uh, I'm seven foot two. That's not how I talk, Dean. <laughs> That's not how I talk at all. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Where are we going with this? Shinobi? It's, it's more intense if you call it a shinobi. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, Dean versus a group of ninja, like, I feel like he would just wipe the floor. I feel, I feel like he would just yeah. be a, a whirlwind of death. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? He'd, like, like, he might take it, like, he might take a shuriken to the shoulder or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he might come out back. of it topless, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he yeah. might get a shirt no, ripped off. I agree. <laughs> this is now. This is getting horny, Chris. We need to. We All need right. to back off. Before we get too horny, let's talk about this episode because I, you know we gotta we gotta set our emotions back on track. Okay, let's do it. You know, I feel like I went I went one to, book too low again on my. On not, your, you know, I'm just gonna on your hunch. podcast. I'm just hunch. Don't hunch. Go get a book. We got time. I don't. <sighs> I'm waiting for the Bake Off to download. Autumn's got two conference calls. Go get a book. It's all good. So now it's too high. <laughs> I give up. I give up. <laughs> I'm just going to aim my microphone up. Well, as long as you're standing above it, that's fine. Uh... <laughs>